welcome everybody. We're going to get started with the congregational meeting. All of the delinquents are being left to their own devices. Let me pray and then we will begin. Father in heaven, thank you so much for how you are growing our church, how you are strengthening us as your people uh, to, to act as your body, uh, to love one another, to uh, be effective in this community you've placed us in. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to get together to talk about the life of the church and what's going on and what you're doing. Please help us to honor you. Help us to be true to the message. Please help us to stay the course, to remember Jesus Christ, to patiently endure evil. And help us now uh, as we hear more of what you're doing. Please encourage us and strengthen us for the next season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, there was an insert in your bulletin. If you do not have one, you can raise your hand. And Mr. Dan, Dan Miller Miller will come around and offer you one. So just a few weeks ago, the the elders of the church met together. We took a Saturday uh, that we could have spent with our families, and we spent the whole day together uh, on a retreat, talking about talking and praying, uh, seeking the Lord's help, talking about where the Lord would uh, would, would have us grow and develop as a church this year. And this page in the insert of your bulletin is the fruit of our discussion and the fruit of, of our efforts to, to seek the Lord and, and see where to go. And so this morning, I want to spend uh, the first part of our meeting just explaining this to you, talking about how we came up with this, and uh, what you can expect in the year to come and how you can help. Um, and, and then after that, we're going to have uh, a, a presentation from Steph, right, on missions and what's coming out of the missions committee. And then after Steph, Tom is going to come up and share briefly about the church budget for 2018, which is an exciting new venture for us. We've never presented that in a meeting before. So here we go. First, I want to talk about our 2018 goal. What we did with the elders when we got together a few weeks ago was uh, to ask the question, uh, what, what is the one thing we need to do this year as a church? That if, if we don't do this, we will have failed. We will have been stagnant. We will have missed the opportunities God has placed before us. What do we need to get done as a church? Uh, in order to to take the next step of of faith, and though this is not uh, inspired by a revelation from heaven, and you know we might get further insight later, this is the best we've come up with at this point as far as what we want to do. The overall goal you see at the top is to align our pastoral care for the members of the church. We talked for a while about how do we word this to make it as clear as possible. But even with what we came up with, it, it still needs some explanation. I just want to tell you what we mean by this, by aligning our pastoral care. 
And where that's coming out of is from the fact that that the Lord has been growing us as a church. Uh, now that we've been in this building for a little over a year, and our congregation continues to grow, and the ministries of the church grow, the things that we're doing um, are growing, and yet we're still at a point where we're we're pretty different from most churches. We try not to be any more different than we have to be. But one thing that's really different is that we don't have any full-time paid staff as a church. And we're actually very grateful for that for a few reasons. One reason is that's what's... That's one thing God has used to enable our church to um, to survive for this long, and not just survive, but but, but to thrive, to, to to be growing, because we haven't had you know a hundred thousand dollars of of a, a salary compensation package and, and benefits and everything um, holding us back when when we didn't have that kind of money on hand. Um, and also, it's brought us to a point where where we have an expectation as a part of our church culture that everybody contributes. Everybody weighs in. We need everybody to play their part. We don't, we're not just relying on the paid help to do the ministry of the church. And that's something we don't ever want to change about our church. But one weakness we've noticed that has come along with that is that as the church has grown, as it has developed, as we are all volunteers doing what we can in the different parts of the church, we've got the, the, the missions team over here and we've We've got uh, uh, a, a chair, sh- shepherding team or a care team over here, and we've got preaching ministry going on, and we've got worship team, and we've got children's ministry and, and neighborhood outreaches and, and all these different things where people are excited to play their part. And the elders try to, to help with all of it, and we also have a ladies' committee that helps with a lot of it too. Um, but it ends up being kind of modular and piecemeal. And what we want to do this year, this is what the overall goal is, align our pastoral care, is to figure out how we can take all of these pieces that is the church and where people often don't know who I talk to if this goes wrong or if this needs to happen. What do we do over here? Um, And bring all of that together so that it feels like a cohesive whole. Everybody knows, who do you talk to? What do you do? Where do you go? How does this piece fit with that piece? And how do we coordinate the right things? Does that make sense? So that's what the overall goal is about, to align our pastoral care. And and it's not just about organizing things, um, because it really is about how we can make the most of caring for all the people in our church. Because it doesn't care for you if you have volunteered to do some kind of a job, but something goes wrong, and you don't know who to talk to to fix it, or you don't know how to coordinate with this other thing that just keeps bumping into you, and we're sending different messages in different ways as we try to care for people. So we want to align all of that so we can best care for people. We've spelled out five objectives here, which help us to just explain how we're going to go about tackling that top goal. So what's at the top? Align our pastoral care. That's the main thing we we want to do. Um, but because we can't do everything and because we don't know everything that might need to be done, we've spelled out five areas that we're going we're gonna to tackle to start with to help us work toward aligning our pastoral care. Number one is that we would like to develop an executive pastor. What we mean by that is 
from among the elders, we would like to have someone who's responsible as the chief executive, so to speak, of the church. The, the administrative hub through which everything can be connected. Um, so, so this is the person so, so that everybody can know, if you have no idea who to talk to about something, talk to this person. And he will know who to talk to to get it done. And he's the one who's making sure that communication channels are taking place and things fit together the way they fit together. And so we want, how do we know, how will we know when that's accomplished? When the role has been defined and filled. So we would like to, to have someone in that, that role. Number two, <clears throat> I don't know why my voice just cracked. I just turned 40 a few weeks ago. I'm hitting my second puberty. <clears throat> Number two, we would like to establish the office of deacon. This partly comes out of the fact that we just preached through the book of First Timothy. Chapter 3 has lots of instructions for deacons that we realized we need to get our act together more in here to be more faithful uh, to the scripture. Uh, but also because the role of deacon is a role of service and care uh, to provide care for the church. And sometimes we have pretty well-coordinated care. When Kelly Fiala has a baby, we've got, Becky, are you still in charge of the meals? Yeah, so Becky is right on that, coordinating a mass effort to care for the Fialas and bring the meals, and that's great. And we would love to have even better coordination of to, to care for people as, as it's needed. We've got, we've got that really planned out well in a few areas, but we want to align it around all of our areas. And the Office of Deacon can really help us with that. If we want to understand, we want to st- the elders want to study more. What do the scriptures say about the office of deacon? How do we think about it? How do we make sure people are qualified for it? Uh, how do we get the right people in the right place and then empower them to, to help us align this care church-wide? That's number two. Objective number three is to improve the coordination and quality of our Sunday services. So we have a bunch of different teams that are involved here. We've got a worship team, and we've got a preaching team. And then we have have folks at the the AV table back there. And then uh, some of my kids help to greet people on the way in and hand things out, and other other children and other people. We want to just think through, since this is our main event as a church, we want to think through how can we improve this to make sure it's a seamless whole and all the pieces are fitting together so that the the preacher knows what's happening and the worship team knows what's happening and the AV is working just right and people are welcomed and greeted and the, the, the decorations fit and j- just everything we do so that as folks come in, they, they kind of, they're, they're welcomed and they know what to do and they're shepherded and walked through and we can care for all of you um, and not just have different people doing different jobs but not talking to each other about, about them, which is, I'm overstating it. That's not exactly what we have now, but. That's number three. Number four is we would like to enculturate neighboring. We've already started talking about neighboring a lot. By neighboring, we just mean being good neighbors, being a part of our community where God has placed us and reaching the people who, who live immediately near us. Um, and we've taken some great steps. I've heard some really great stories and encouraging things. We just want that to sink in a little more more deeply as a part of our culture so that we don't have to push on it a lot, but it just happens and it becomes organic um, as a part of, of, of what we're doing. 
So uh, many of you are doing a really great job with that, and we just want to encourage you to know, like, this is where we want to go as a church culture, so this just becomes part of us as we, we reach our community. And then number five is to improve church communications. We want to think through our public website and our members' website and the way we email the congregation and what and, and announcements on Sunday morning and just how all of these kind of communications go out to make sure, again, that it's not piecemeal, where everyone just does their own thing, but, but the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and it doesn't fit and you get contradictory messages uh, and such, but, but have it all be a seamless whole and have the members' website especially uh, accurately represent what's going on in the church. If you visited that website lately, you'll know that much of it is pretty out of date. We just need to, to keep that fresh, uh, keep it keep it dynamic so that people have a place to go or you know if you have a question about something, there's a resource there where you can go and, and look up how does this thing work and how does it fit with the other parts. So those are the five things that we would like to to start tackling this year in service to this larger goal of aligning our pastoral care so that we can can make effective disciples, we can serve you, we can minister to you, and we can minister to one another in a way that feels like uh, we know what we're doing, we know what role we're playing as a body, and and it we're operating like a body uh, and not just a whole bunch of different different parts. I, I invite your questions and your uh, anything that doesn't make sense to you, anything that you think would also be helpful to focus on or insights into this. I'm out of time right now. Um, but uh, you are always welcome to talk to me, to talk to any of the other elders. That includes Bill or Tom or Reese. Um, please talk to us. Let us know what you think. And if you have any ideas or suggestions, we really want to hear from you on it um, while doing our best to, to present uh, and say, here's where we think uh, we should go, and, and here's what we're going to start working on this year. Thanks. Come on up, Steph. Um, I was really encouraged earlier when you were singing. But it said, King of Heaven, we will answer the call. We will follow, bringing hope to the world. Filled with passion, filled with power to proclaim salvation in Jesus' name. Uh, and that was really exciting, especially as I'm giving a missions update today. Uh, in Romans 10, starting in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So two and a half years ago now, I sent a proposal for international missions at GFC to the elders. Speaking of GFC's involvement in missions back then, I said, GFC currently plays an important role in some giving to international missions. However, there's room to grow in the equally important roles of praying sending, and going. I believe these roles are occasionally fulfilled by individual members, but that GFC as a church body can do more, as it is uniquely gifted to be a supportive, nurturing, and powerful home base for prayer for the nations and the training and equipping of missionaries. International Missions forwards the gospel in many ways. Through it, the members of GFC will have the opportunity to carry God's word to those who haven't heard it, make disciples in every nation, Pray God's heart for the nations and partner with ministries in other countries to meet needs, all while being personally transformed and growing in faith by experiencing God's work throughout the world. So the elders were excited along with us and gave us the go-ahead. 
And so one thing that we decided to do was to focus on the country of Japan. Uh, and this came after learning that the Japanese are the second largest unreached people group in the world. Japan may have awesome anime, delicious sushi, and really crazy game shows, but the population of more than 127 million is only 0.5% Christian. Not even a full percent. Not even a full 1%. And this is a number which is actually shrinking as elderly people pass away. There are many elderly Christians. As they pass away, that number is actually becoming smaller. In Japan, there is one missionary for every 62,244 people. But God placed four missionaries to Japan, six if you count their kids, right in our path, giving us the opportunity to partner with them to bring God's word to those who haven't heard it and to make disciples. So we connected with Colby and Teresa Weinhofer through Becky Miller, who actually went to school with them. They currently serve in Kamaishi, Japan, and we are now financially supporting them at $125 a month. One of their main goals is to intentionally share the love of Christ through relationship-building activities in their community, like English classes, Boy Scouts, game nights, and even cooking classes. That time when pizzas are cooking is a great time to tell the Christmas story. They also lead and teach Discovery Bible Studies, and they're connected with a national network of Japanese pastors who are looking to disciple each other and reach the lost in Japan. Uh, and then John Walker and others in our local community grew up with Roberta Adair, and she and her husband, Robert, now serve in East Shiogama, Japan, with their two boys, Joseph and Benjamin, and another boy is on the way. And we now, as of this year, are financially supporting them at $200 a month. And in addition to building relationships with their neighbors and with other young families and teaching English classes, they're hoping to begin a group this year that will become a church plant in their area. The funds that we raised as a Christmas gift for them are helping to outfit a new ministry building that they recently renovated in a community effort. An older Japanese couple from their church did a lot of the work, and that meant that an established and older Christian couple got to spend quality time with many young people who do not yet know Jesus and don't necessarily get to spend a lot of time with Christians. So 10% of the church budget goes to missions, and so your giving enables our little congregation in the middle of Pennsylvania to help bring God's word to a nation on the other side of the world where many are dying without his hope. The suicide rate in Japan is the sixth highest in the world. This past year, we also held a prayer time for the persecuted church, Skyped with the Weinhoffers, had a guest missionary from Central Asia, we also partnered in a variety of ways with local ministries like the Pregnancy Resource Clinic and the Orphan Care Alliance, and as well with our very own Dan Fiella on his trip to Ghana. This year, you can look forward to Japanese and other countries' cultural events, getting to know our missionaries more and deeper, and a community-wide When Helping Hurt seminar on March 17th. We're also starting a missions lending library that will probably be right in our lobby. You can look for it very soon in the month of February. And we're praying about training for an international church missions trip in the near future. We're praying that God would also raise up missionaries from our own congregation to share him with the world. It's our hope that these events will help each of us incorporate missions as a part of our Christian life 
realize that it's not just missionaries on the field or those crazy missions people that have a role to play. Thank you. And if you have any other questions or suggestions, I would be, I would love it if you came and talked to me and we could talk more about that. Thank you. Thanks, Steph. While uh, Jean and Peter pass out our 2018 simplified budget with a pretty graphic on the front there, uh, I wanted to uh, ask you guys, in, in regard to the other printout you have, not, not so much this budget one, though we'll, we'll come to that in a moment, but the, the one that Peter presented with the new goal on it, uh, I want to recommend that you guys not only think about that and ask questions uh, of the elders about that, but please pray with us over those things. Uh, help us to, uh, to commit these things to the Lord and ask that he would work in those ways. So maybe uh, take it and hang it in your office at home or at, um, uh, on your fridge or whatever and, and think about it. Be thinking what part you could play in it, how you can pray, and so on. Okay, so everybody's already staring intently at the graphic in front of you. And, I mean, I handed it to you, so it's my fault. Uh, this is our simplified budget. The new, uh, the full complete budget is now available on the member's website, and you could view it there. Uh, there, oh, and I'll, I'll mention that the, the new goal, our 2018 goal, will also soon be up on the member's website. Uh, as Peter mentioned at the beginning of our time today, we've never publicly shared our budget before, and publicly is, I mean, to the church. Like, we, we've never opened it up and said, here, here it is, take a look. And honestly, there's no reason we didn't. Uh, I think we just mostly assume most people didn't care. Uh, but now here we are, and, and you are free to look at the simplified one. The full one will be on the member's website. Uh, you don't have to memorize it. You don't even have to look at it. Uh, but it's now fully available for you guys to check out, ask questions about, and, and so on. Now, there's not a ton, really, that's especially exciting about budgets in general, or even our particular budget, but there's a few things that I imagine you may have questions about or notice, and so I want to highlight uh, just a few of those. So they also happen to be the, the top items. So the first thing you, you'll notice is that the building takes around 50% of our budget. Uh, the good news about that right off the top is that that is not an indefinitely proportional amount. In other words, uh, Right now, that is, this is, it just happens to be about half of what we have coming in. But if our church doubles in size, then, and, and, and the giving doubles equivalently, then our building will be 25% of our budget. Uh, this, there's, it just worked out this way that, that's almost 50%. And, uh, you, you know, you look at that, you're like, wow, that's, that's a lot of money going towards a building. And aren't we always saying the church is not a building? And yeah, absolutely, the church is not a building. We here are the church, the individuals, the people uh, together in the body of Christ. Uh, but this made sense for us as a, ch as a church when the elders and others were, were looking at what can be done uh, when we were renting in various places and trying to find our new church home. We realized that, yeah, it's, it's a big investment. It's going to take a lot of money. To, to move into this building and to pay the, the mortgage and, and work on the improvements and things like that. But it still works out to be cheaper than if we were to continue renting and trying to find places to rent here in State College. And not only that, but it saves us tremendous time and energy setting up and tearing down every single week. We'd rather th th divert all that energy 
and the money savings into things that fit in the rest of this budget, that we can have people stepping up and, and leading with that energy rather than just trying to move things around as much as we were going to have to. In addition to that, we're uh, because of our partnership with YKC, we're helping a Korean church to, to, to reach out to Koreans and others right here in State College. That's pretty exciting. And not only that, but we have other groups like uh, the, the Child Care, CDFC, After School Program, and, uh, and, and perhaps other churches and groups that meet here or could meet here. And all that's possible because we actually have a building. So we're pretty excited about that, even though it does take a big chunk on the budget. Uh, another thing I want to highlight, as, as Steph mentioned, is, is missions, that, that a full 10% of our budget, Lord willing, every single year, will go to missions. And so the more you give, the more Steph and team are going to allocate and send uh, out into the world, whether that's uh, to Japan or that's to uh, people going on short-term missions trips. I know that there's that, you know, there's the, there's the tease of a short-term missions trip being uh, thought about that would come right from the Grace Fellowship. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and we want to highlight, too, that, that in addition to the 10% that the church, that of the, the whole church budget goes to missions, we also want to continue encouraging individuals, every one of you, to be giving either to these same ministries that Grace Fellowship is supporting, and so, so as to add to that, or to just ask yourself, where, where is the Lord particularly gifted me and, and given me passions for missions, wherever it may be? And so it, this, we're excited to see our giving not just be this 10% from the church, but from everyone. And this is just a big chunk that we like to have right in our budget. And then one more thing I'll mention there that is a new thing. Uh, the, the green block there around the uh, 7 or 8 o'clock section is, uh, is a preaching budget. Now, uh, this is the first time we actually have such a big chunk of money going to uh, what we're calling preaching honoraria there. And I want to tell you why that number is there. Because of two passages that I'll briefly read here. One is, is we just studied 1 Timothy 5 recently. 1 Timothy 5.18 says... Uh, the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. And then 1 Corinthians 9.14 says, The Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. And so uh, what we're doing with, with this chunk of money here is for the very first time ever, Grace Fellowship Church is going to pay an honorarium to our preachers. Now, uh, and it's, it's not a, a lot of money. It's, uh, you can just see that, that number right there. It's about $100 per sermon. And that is not because I or the other elders or other teachers here at Grace Fellowship are going, oh my gosh, I need some money. Date nights are so expensive. Uh, that, I mean, maybe that's true. But we're not doing this out of a financial deficit, that we just need these funds. Really, we have been studying these passages and others and realizing that the scriptures are very clear on this, that that it, it is inappropriate for us to say, well, you know, we're an all-volunteer church, and so we're not going to pay anybody, even though we could, because these passages are saying, you should. It's not that you could, it's that you should. This is appropriate. Now, it doesn't say how much. We could have paid 50 cents per sermon or something, and that would have just been administrative overhead. But we, we thought, let's let's do this. Let's see, as we faithfully commit ourselves to obeying God's word, what God does. And so... Uh, the 5,300 there is, is for 52 week, uh, 51 weeks or so at, uh, $100 a sermon that we're paying all of our preachers. And then, uh, we, we generously 
give twice as much to any guest speakers who come, uh, which has been our practice for a long time. So that's not changing. So in case you look at that and wonder, why 53? They, the elders need to work on their math. Also possibly true, but that's why. Now, the very nature of a budget has this, this funny effect of drawing a lot of attention to money and, uh, and to percentages and, and to lists that look like this. And that's understandable. But let me be really honest with you guys here. The, as an elder in the church and, and, and as one who frankly has my fingers in a lot of areas in the church, not all, but most, let me, let me, I think I can confidently say that while we do need money at Grace Fellowship Church to get things done, what we actually need more than money is leadership. That is, if you have a vision and a dedication to see that vision through, I've seen time and time again that money has a way of showing up to make that thing happen. And some of it is, is nearly magical how that happens. It's, it's not magic, it's the Lord. But it, it just happens, and I've seen it so often. But anytime we start with money, or maybe even an idea and money, but no one to, to make that thing happen, no, no champion for the cause, guess what happens? The money just sits there. Or worse yet, is it gets unwisely spent on things that, that don't really work out. They're ineffective. And so if you have an idea and are willing to run with it and really take charge and lead this thing and make it happen, then please come talk to me. I would love to see that vision become a reality. That's exactly what Steph just testified to when she and, and a few others in church said, we want to take this missions thing and make it excellent. We want to, we want to be supporting missionaries. We want to give a vision for, for reaching the world to, to Grace Fellowship. And we're like, how much do you need? Here, let's do it. Let's make this happen and let's try to increase it if we can. So, uh, another thing I'll, I'll just uh, mention here, and Peter mentioned this even when it comes to our 2018 goal, is that unlike God's word, this budget is uninspired, believe it or not. And so if you have questions or if you have proposals for things that you think, I, I, I'd like to see this changed, by all means, please come and talk to me or any of the other elders. Though if you talk to any of the other elders, they'll probably just say, go talk to Tom. So feel free to just save us all time and come talk to me. But, but seriously, we don't think that this is a perfect budget. Nobody thinks that. And there are probably things that every single person in this room, including the elders, would probably make changes to if this were all the way up to us individually. So uh, for, for you married couples in the room, you know how hard it is to take a budget that is probably smaller than this budget and have just two people agree on it. So we don't expect that every person in the room is going to be like, this is perfect. I got everything I wanted. That little chunk right there, that's mine. You know, like we, we don't expect that that's going to happen. Uh, but we, we really would love to hear your thoughts. And if there's ways that we can make changes that are better for the whole church and that you're willing to help us with, let's do it. So I'm, I'm pretty amazed at how God has actually worked this out. And I, I, I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm excited to see what God does this year. So let me finish with just a few words of thanks here because they're well-deserved. Uh, first of all, many, many thanks to Erin Kroll, who is right now, I think, serving in the nursery. Uh, she's not. She's home with say, okay, well, 
serving nonetheless and, and serves in the nursery constantly. But most most relevant here is she serves as, as our treasurer and maintains this budget and tracks all of our expenses and does probably a thousand other things just related to finances alone uh, that I don't even understand or know about. So uh, please thank her when you see her. She does a ton to serve you guys. Uh, I also want to thank Jenny Asayev, who handles uh, expense reimbursements for all of the things that we regularly need to purchase, to care for our church and, and for YKC and others. Uh, she, she handles all that stuff and does it joyfully. Uh, I want to uh, thank my brother Dan Hallman, who is behind the uh, AV table right now. He tracks every single donation that you guys make, whether you put it in that box or it shows up at the church address. Uh, Dan handles all that and, and makes the deposits and, and makes sure that this big number on the bottom is actually there. Uh, so thank you, Dan. And I also want to thank Jeff Scott, who serves uh, in, in doing stuff for the IRS. And I don't even understand a fraction of it, but he, he does that every year and makes sure that we are in legal compliance and can continue to be a nonprofit organization and all that magic stuff. So please thank Jeff as well. Uh, let me, uh, as Peter said, I just want to close by saying, if you guys do have any questions or thoughts about this, I would love to hear about it. Please come talk to me or any, any of the elders. And right now, I just want to commit this $72,000 budget to the Lord. Would you please join me? God, this is not, uh, this is not magic. This is not even a promise. Right now, this is a hope. This is an expectation. And it's all based on your grace, Lord. Uh, why should people give to a church. They could just use the money and spend it however they want. But God, we entrust this to you. We ask that you would take this, these numbers, these big numbers that are hard to grasp, these pie charts and, and everything else, Lord, would you glorify your name through it? Would you do so much more than we ask or imagine because of your generosity? Would you continue to lead your people to give and to give generously? Would you continue to use this building and our missions budget and our preaching and all of the other pieces of this budget to make disciples of all nations? Would you help us to focus on preaching the gospel and to entrust you with everything? Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. That's all we have today. And uh, we'll, we'll try to hang out a little bit. If you have questions or feel free to email, call, Facebook, whatever you want to do to get in touch and ask questions. Thanks.